Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. So good to have you here. Glad you're back. This is Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This podcast 470 as we approach 500. Hope everyone's having an awesome week. We're going to go into the brain. Those chemicals, are they hormones, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides? We'll just call them chemicals. Now we can understand how to trigger the right and the wrong chemicals in the persuasion influence sales process. So we'll call them those chemicals. Stay tuned for that. Hope everyone's doing well, achieving their goals. I was traveling this week in uh, Alabama, actually. Georgia, Atlanta, Alabama, that area of the world. It is getting warm and humid, but a lot of fun, good people, good training. Shout out to them. And our big focus was making that transition from manager to a leader. I mean, there are managerial skills that are very important, but when you're a leader, people want to do what you're asking them to do and like doing it and get others involved too. Instead of a manager, again, some managerial skills are important, but a manager, a lot of times we just do it because we have to. So a little housekeeping, you can email me at Kurt, K-O-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com for thoughts, comments, suggestions, what you want to hear on the show. If you want to send me a geeky article, a blunder, or even a question, when you're on the podcast, you get InfluenceUniversity.com with the gold version for free. Check it out. Everything you need to know is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com, including take your free Persuasion IQ assessment and coming soon, your Charisma IQ assessment. Let's jump into it. The blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't. So you've seen the people approach you maybe at a grocery store, Walmart, you know, they're doing a survey. They want something, they want to sell you something. Even when people knock your door. There's a persuasion technique we talked about before that works really well when it's done right, when it doesn't cross the cheesy high lactose, that's too old school factor. And that's what this did. So you put in the doors, you just ask these little questions along the way, the easiest questions first, which is good. We see that with people selling home alarm systems. Do you live here? Do you love your family? Do you care if your family's safe? Do you want your children to sleep at night? You're like, okay, really? (laughs) No, I don't. And a lot of these sales are structured through 20 yes questions. And that final 20th yes, you're giving them a form of payment. Now there's the unethical side where maybe you're at the mall, like, do you like to travel? You're like, yeah, where's your favorite place to go? And how many times you've been there? And do you like sand between your toes and the sound of surf? You're like, yeah, yeah. And you kind of embellish a little bit. It's kind of fun to talk about how much you vacation. And then they say, based on all those yeses and responses, well, based on this, you could save $1,000 a year on this program. <laughs> kind of gets you through the back door. Anyway, this guy approaches me, and I probably shouldn't play with these people like I should, but, you know, persuasion's a lot of fun. He's like, do you like trees? I'm like, no. And he looked at me, got all shocked, kind of turned a little red. You don't like trees? I'm like, are you kidding me? You got to prune them and the leaves come off in the fall and you got to rake them up and then they get too big and it's just a big mess. Yeah, the earth would be better without trees. Now, hold on. You know I'm kidding. (laughs) Trees are good. Oxygen's good. Green is good. He wasn't in the mood to play the foot in the door game. 
So maybe that's something that you can try when they had that really dumb first question and you're not ready to be sold or persuaded or to fall for that technique. In fact, I saw someone at the supermarket the other day and I can't remember what state it was in, but they weren't allowed to plastic bags. You didn't bring your own bag? And she's like, no, I want plastic bags. You don't like the environment? You don't recycle? She's like, no, I hate the environment. Recycling is such a waste of time. <laughs> and she looked at me and I could tell she was kidding, but this lady was like, oh, hey, you're a bad person. Anyway, try that one out. That is the blunder of the week. Bringing us to our geeky scarly article. This is Harvard Business Review, HBR, and Judith Glasser. Of course, all these links can be found on the podcast website, maxmeasureinfluence.com, that your brain is hooked on being right. And we know that. If you ever studied one of the 12 laws of persuasion and maximum influence on cognitive dissonance, when you prove someone's wrong and you show them they did something against their belief, their cognitions, that most people, it's easier to amend the truth than to admit they're wrong. In fact, I've done this at seminars before. Everyone's in the room, business people, business leaders. I said, did you know? When you make decisions every day as a leader, as an influencer, you're right 50% of the time, you're wrong 50% of the time. And I let it get silent and they look at me and I laugh. I, I made it up. Well, what do most people do? Oh, that's interesting. No, Kurt's lying. Well, that statistic's not right. Maybe other people, but not me. It's very hard for people to accept that they could be wrong 50% of the time. So she goes into the article and says, I'm sure it's happened to you. You're in a meeting you have to defend your position on a big project. You're losing ground. Your voice gets louder. You start talking over your colleagues. They push back. You push back. You try to convince everyone you're right. Your self-esteem has been bruised. I had that part. And your brain gets hijacked, and that's when the chemistry starts happening. So in situations of high stress, fear, distress, the hormone cortisol comes out. We'll talk more about this in a second. But that's one of those emotions that you could use strategically but can hurt. That chemical helps you protect yourself. You become more selfish, less of a team player. You get to the fight or flight. Sometimes we get add the freeze moment where you just don't know what to do. You want just to disengage from the argument. But that's the harmful side in a group team meeting where the honest, productive sharing information and opinion being open to other ideas just doesn't happen because your body, brain's full of this cortisol. So a lot of people are good at fighting their point of view, debating, backing someone to the corner, winning the argument, but that releases cortisol on the other person. And again, fight or flight, those selfish feelings, got to prove that I'm right and you're wrong instead of maybe we're both a little right. Maybe we can find an agreement. Maybe we can meet in the middle. That's all part of this process. So she says, if this is happening in your meetings, set the rules of engagement ahead of time. That's the key. Let me add that ahead of time. Everyone needs to agree with the rules. Get a yes. There's your foot in the door. Listen with empathy. Plan on who speaks. If it's going to get out of control, maybe like, all right, you get five minutes with a timer. Whoever holds a stapler gets to speak. You've seen that done before. Because what you really want in a group setting is oxytocin. She doesn't spend much time on that, but I do want to get onto it on this podcast content on these brain chemicals. Because, again, when you've been wrong or blow to self-esteem, that cortisol could hurt. So let's get into these brain chemicals to get hormones, neurotransmitters, neuropeptides. I'm going to simplify it, make it easy. Let's get into them and how we can use these chemicals to be better persuaded, to be an influencer. So let's take a look at it. 
The first one we mentioned in this last article was cortisol, also known as a stress chemical. Now, this one's produced by the body in your adrenal glands, which is on top of the kidneys. And it happens when you're feeling stress, maybe a little fear, something's not going quite right. Just like that meeting we talked about where you're backed into a corner, you have to prove your worth. So cortisol does help the body. It does regulate various physiological responses. It regulates metabolism, helps modulate blood sugar, helps in memory formation. So basically forming the memories and the retrieving of those memories. So the challenge is cortisol is critical to have your body function normally, but prolonged or excessive exposure to high levels of cortisol could have negative effects on health. Impaired immune function, weight gain, high blood pressure, and not being able to sleep. So remember when we have this cortisol, we're feeling a little fear. We're not feeling like being a team player. We don't want to meet in the middle. We don't want to agree with you. We've got to prove that we're right. We're fight or flight or even freeze. And so when we're feeling this, this is not good in brainstorming, leadership, management meetings, team meetings where you want everyone to jump on board. Now, if you're selling somebody one-on-one and you want to trigger a little cortisol, maybe a little fear, a little stress, maybe that can work. So this is going to be in the depends category on how you want to use it, say, in sales one-on-one or influencing of a team or a group meeting. So this cortisol heightens the stress level, decreases trust. Our listing skills go down. We're looking for deception. We're looking why you're wrong. This is a time to back up if you're sensing that they're doing this. And you don't want them to have this cortisol build rapport. This is where you want to come in and have a smile. Your feet, your toes are pointed towards them. Have your palms as open as possible. Your hands, open gestures. People are more trustworthy. They can see the palms versus if you're folding your arms or doing that fig leaf. You don't know what it is. Look it up. And even proxemics, how close you're standing. You know, standing on a slight angle a lot of times, sitting at a slight angle is less confrontational, especially for males, can decrease that stress level, feel more relaxed, build a rapport to get that cortisol level down. Because again, that cortisol makes people more resistant to listening, to change, to making a decision. So if they're sensing that, you need to back them up a little bit. Again, sometimes a little fear, a little stress can be good. If I'm selling life insurance or there's some FOMO there, or they need a solution right now, a little cortisol can be helpful. You know, let them know there's a consequence of delaying the decision. Something bad could happen. And I would buffer that. We always talk about scarcity and psychological reactants. That anytime you have scarcity, make sure it's legitimate and real, that you're not making it up and you're buffering it with some type of reward. So keep people in a better influential state. Try to pre-solve objections ahead of time. And that can keep the cortisol at a manageable level. So in group meetings too, remember cortisol, when there's fighting, bickering, everyone kind of gets a little tense, stress. Again, some people love it. That's just their style, their personality. But it can impair decision-making, problem-solving abilities, brainstorming, being creative, because you are fight or flight. It's about survival when you're flooded with cortisol. So that fear, that scarcity could be good, but a little too much stress, a little too much cortisol could hinder decision-making because we're fight or flight, we're freezing, we're not sure what to do. If it's a really complex decision, maybe you want to simplify it into three or four smaller decisions instead of one big decision. The next one is dopamine. We hear that a lot with cell phones lately. Got to get my dopamine fix, hit the button. What are people saying? What's on social media? It's also known as the goal-achieving chemical, meaning if you had 10 things on a list of goals, just crossing one off. 
accomplishing something, achieving that goal releases dopamine and it feels good. So you have the cortisol, which is a selfish type chemical and dopamine would be in the same category. But dopamine is the most dangerous chemical. That's why people are addicted to their cell phone. It is very satisfying. So alcohol, nicotine, cocaine, cell phones send this dopamine through our body whenever we use them, which is why they're so highly addictive. So in your career as a professional, don't it works. You can use it in a good way. Completing tasks, achieving your goals, crossing it off the list, getting the yes, getting the sell, just getting things done can be a great way to use this for you personally on your self-persuasion side, right? Every time you respond to a text, clear for notification, answer the email, there's a little dopamine there. It feels great, gets things done, but it can promote selfishness. But dopamine is a neurotransmitter, another chemical, and it also helps the body with the feelings of reward, pleasure, and motivation. We get that feeling to reward us for great experience, but you can have it with food, social interactions, just feeling good. It's the feel-good chemical. Also, dopamine regulates mood and emotion, and it increases our happiness and well-being. So it's also with our cognitive or mental processes, such as attention, learning, memory, problem-solving, and even the ability to plan comes from dopamine. So how do we use this? If you're with a prospect or a team, and this is general influence here, setting goals, milestones, make sure they're realistic, crossing it off, Five times a week is probably better than one time a week. Potential prospects, have them set realistic goals. They're too big, smaller, manageable, bite-sized pieces. And celebrate along the way, crossing it off. Good job. Reinforce more dopamine, positive feelings. Gamification, winning the game, competition. Also, positive reinforcement will trigger dopamine, incentives, rewards, promotions. I'd even add compliments. Even the dopamine of getting some airline miles, earning a free sandwich, getting that punch on your punch card. <laughs> we love loyalty programs, referral bonuses. That's a big part of it. And praise. Praise more, it releases more dopamine. So you can build a vision. What happens, dopamine is released and people anticipate positive outcomes, which can have a positive impact in their lives, increase productivity, and get more yeses if you're in sales. Another one with dopamine is belonging, community. If it's a team, we're all part of the team. We're all equal. We're all contributing. So think about how do you create opportunities for potential customers to connect with your brand, other satisfied customers? Could it be on social media, online communities, at a meeting, a success story, a video? Also known as social validation, but that brand loyalty... Hanging out, being part of a community, both driving BMWs, both part of the same successful team, both owners of fill in the blank, very important. So the team atmospheres, those success stories will trigger the dopamine. So there's the good, the bad there. It can promote a little selfishness, but that can be good for the motivation, getting things done as long as you can steer them in the right direction. But again, dopamine, the goal-achieving chemical. Now, let's get into one, and we've talked about this one on the podcast before, oxytocin, the chemical of trust or love. Now, this is what you do want on your team people to feel. This would be a selflessness chemical that creates social bonds, connection, and it's the opposite of cortisol, where we feel open, part of the team. We get it with emotional bonds, physical touch, spending time with somebody you enjoy, now, this is also a hormone and a neurotransmitter. 
Again, that love, trust, or even that's called the cuddle hormone. <laughs> so when there's bonding, social behavior, again, the social interaction, positive, we're part of the team, hugging, touching, feelings of trust, empathy, closeness, high EQ can release this. It can be very helpful in your persuasion process. Oxytocin also has a stress-reducing effect, which can get rid of that cortisol if that's what you're looking for. Because it can promote relaxation, a better mood, a sense of calm. I mean, how many times we talked in this podcast that mood matters? Now you're getting them in the right state, the right mood by releasing the right chemical. So using this, building trust, rapport, you know, borrowing credibility, using credibility, showing genuine interest for their needs, actively listening, that's showing that you care, empathy, right? You empathize with their concerns, you're transparent, you're honest, you're telling the truth. I mean, we always tell the truth, but when they're in this state, they are looking for the truth. When they're full of cortisol, they could be looking for the lies. So, you know, this one I call law of connectivity, one of the 12 laws, being warm, friendly, using positive language, open gestures, warm facial expressions, that smile, maybe touch if it's appropriate, that can really connect you with people. I know it can do the opposite. Humor releases oxytocin and creates more likability and trust. If you need to cancel out that cortisol and you're not using it strategically or there's too much, get a little oxytocin in there to reduce the cortisol. So remember, this oxytocin is usually released during positive social interaction, team meetings. They feel like you're tailoring your recommendations, your thoughts to them. Their solution is specific to them. They're feeling like they're getting that personalized attention. So you want that love, loyalty, that trust? I don't know if you need the cuddle part. Oxytocin is the chemical for you. Final one, serotonin, also known as the leadership or motivation chemical. This also would be in the selflessness or selfless category. So when we feel we're respected, admired, given preferential treatment, it boosts our confidence. It makes us feel awesome. Serotonin's released. When they respect you as a leader, as a person, it boosts your serotonin. And they can see that, and that increases their trust in you. So this is one that you want, because when it's running through your body, you're feeling more confident, you're triggering more trust, you handle challenges better. Again, serotonin is another neurotransmitter. It's found in the brain. It's that happy chemical, the mood regulator. And it's crucial for us to regulate mood, emotions, and other physiological responses. So it regulates our mood, helps us sleep better. We don't eat as much. It regulates our appetite. We think better, we're more creative, we learn faster, we can focus better. So this is the one that you want for you to have as a persuader or leader. So what can you do to get yourself into more positive environment? And you can also trigger this with the people that you're trying to influence. So some general things for you and for them, as we talk about that positive environment is atmosphere, Lighting, the more natural light, the better. The more light, the better. Don't dim the light so they can see the PowerPoint better. That doesn't work. There's shadows on your face, decreases trust. Doesn't produce the serotonin. Room setup, round table if you can, high ceilings if you can. Yeah, the higher the ceiling, the more influential you are. So there's something about serotonin being linked to the satisfaction of receiving value. You know, the benefits of your product or service being satisfied, the return on investment, the return on time, that it's finally going to solve their problem in a cost-effective way. Another way with serotonin, just like some of the other chemicals, being attentive, responsive, helpful, questions, concerns, listening, eye contact, emotional intelligence, 
they're the most important person and you're showing it and you're not fubbing. You remember fubbing when your cell phone buzzes, your email dings and you break that eye contact, letting them know your cell phone's more important than they are. Whether it's true or not, that's the message delivered. So serotonin gives you a sense of pride, status, gratitude. This is one that you want to have, and if you can, trigger it in them. So there you have a deep dive there on the different chemicals. So everything you need is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time, energy, resources, and feedback. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. But be aware, this is real. This is something that you can leverage, you can use, you can understand, it can help you, it can hurt you. Be aware in your own self, in your self-persuasion, in your state. Are you feeling influential? Are you feeling confident? And are you helping your prospect get the right chemicals to make influence easier, faster, better, safer? I don't know about safer, but you know what I mean. So take something you learned today, apply it, use it, become a better influencer, better negotiator, better at motivating yourself, and go out and persuade with power.